What do killer clowns and full-on orchestras have to do with each other? Well, we're going to find out today on On the Fly Filmmaking. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Welcome, everyone, to On the Fly Filmmaking. Glad to be back. Glad to be here. Today, my guest is John Masari, who picked this super somber, creepy song as his opening, which is appropriate. Appropriate because we're talking about his orchestra live-to-film event this weekend for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We're playing... Trent Reznor, is he coming? Oh, he hurt himself today. Yeah. You, were, you promised me a, a sing-along with this. He's coming. So dramatic. Yeah, so dramatic. This. this really gets me emotional. Does it? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a good interview. I haven't had anybody cry in a while. Well, I'm not going to cry. Yeah? Just going to feel it? Yeah. Do you listen to a lot of Trent Reznor to, to inspire you? A lot of different things. A lot of Is different things. This or Shostakovich Symphony Number no. Thirteen. Oh, okay. Those are those are the jams. Yes. What have I become? <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I don't know. I think our gag may have fallen flat. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. We're here. Okay. We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk to you about today. Uh, thank you guys for joining on the Fly Filmmaking. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe. We've got new episodes from different filmmakers uh, that you can go back and listen to. If you're watching on YouTube, we are live Tuesdays at 5 p.m. So make sure you come and check us out. Uh, so... This weekend, mm -hmm. you have a live-to-film concert. And this is something that they do a lot in L.A. I don't know if they do it so much in other cities, but mm -hmm. being the film city, being Hollywood, right. where the movies are made, mm -hmm. I know we get a lot of these, which I really love. So it's a live-to-film concert at the um, Maltabon Theater of Killer Clowns in Outer Space, a film that you composed yes. the music to. First in of all, 1988. Let me, say, let me say thank you for having me. You're welcome. It was really sweet being here. Uh, they composed in 1988, which is... 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, and happy birthday, Killer Clowns. <laughs> it is. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of just not the film. It's a celebration of the fans and the creativity and outright originality that the film represents. Yeah. And I think that is what's made it staying power over all of these years. Yes. N nothing else in that. It's this celebration is not just about the music. It's mm -hmm. not just about the film. It's about the people that have generations now of yes. people who love this film, who you know sit at home drawing pictures and, and it sparks their imagination and yeah. it's and it inspired me. I actually discovered the fans like five years ago. Yeah, I felt I fandom felt, is real. Yeah, it very 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 much. I was invited quite by accident to Monster Palooza with the Kyoto Brothers for the 25th anniversary. And he says, you want to come down here with the thing? I go, what do you, what do you want me to do? I don't know, maybe bring some of your music or something like that. For what? For what? People love them. Okay, well, I know people love them. I didn't know they loved it that much. Yes. It was really a, 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 an epiphany, a, a, an awakening. Uh, by the way, complimentary water. Yes. Oh, actually, it's vodka? Oh, no, it's vodka. Now you tell me. <laughs> hmm. Anyways, so... Um, so I met people that it seemed like they knew my music for this movie better than I. Yeah. Because they were so familiar. And one particular fellow who, who passed away, unfortunately, said, um, says, you know, the mu I, I listen to that score often, and I notice it's very classically 
uh, constructed, even though it's played with synthesizers and all kind of weird sounds, it's got themes and it's got motifs and it's you know, it's very sophisticated. Are you ever going to perform it with an orchestra? Yes. And I thought that's a, that's an idea. So I, I so I tinkered around with my samplers, uh, really nice samplers that can basically sound like. And on this soundtrack album, I actually have some of my sampled versions of what was actually recorded with an orchestra. And then for, for our friends that, uh, that are just listening on audio, we are holding a actual CD mm-hmm. of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space Reimagined. And uh, if you kids that are watching, this is a compact disc music playing thing. Yes. You guys won't have anything to play this on, but yeah. you could probably get it on iTunes. Oh, you can definitely. Uh, it's definitely available for download and streaming. Right on. Definitely. So if you still have a CD player like I do in my car, I'm going to listen to this. Right. If you want to hold on to something, which is interesting. People won't buy CDs, but they'll buy vinyl. Yes. And it's okay. It'll come around. That's amazing. Well, this is coming on in vinyl. Oh, good. In about a month or two. <laughs> See, it's not hipster enough yet. To have it back this way. To have a CD Because cassettes yet. have come back. Audio yes. cassettes have come back. So it went vinyl. Now it's yes. audio cassettes. Yes. And then it'll be CDs. Yes. yes. I don't know if Blu-rays are ever going to make it. And, and, and I remember cassettes used to be the bane of my existence mm-hmm. because uh, they, they were hissy and noisy. And nothing ever, to me, nothing ever sounded really great on it, but people are loving it. Yeah. Because I think it's tactile, something that they can hold. Right. And, and well, what's so great them. about this? Like, I was, like, actually really excited to CD, and it's okay if I open this? Oh, please. It's I yours. brought out my, my multi-tool. It's my Pocket Monkey. Not sponsored, but you guys can sponsor me if you want. It's, like, my favorite thing in the world. But it, And it also you can also do your math homework with it. Yes. You can open a beer bottle while you do your math homework, only if you are an adult and mm-hmm. can partake in that. But when you have a CD, I guess like my favorite thing with CDs was looking at the art work. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Wrapping up. What was like a early music that you had? Oh, early music that you that purchased, I had... like purchased a hard copy of. Oh my goodness. I, it was a 45 of Beatles? Yes. Oh, I love that. Love me do. My first CD that I purchased was No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. No kidding. Yep. Yeah. There's your song. Yeah. So this is great. So this uh, Killer Crowns from Outer Space uh, artwork in the CD. That is by the Kyoto Brothers. That's, uh, the, on the front is the original artwork by the Kyoto Brothers. That's brand new generated characters uh, uh, for the, for this album. Oh, yeah. Here. Can we see it on this one? There you go. Nope. Maybe still out of focus. Yeah. But we've got... Uh, that's what's the on the posters mm-hmm. for this event as yes. well, and as well as some images of the movie, which is really creepy, and I remember watching this as a kid and being and, like, what on earth is happening? And I think it's interesting to note that the original score had a, a, the forces required to take it, to bring it to life were a force of three. Mm-hmm. There's myself, I wrote it and sequenced everything into a a sequencer, a sequencing program, yeah. right? And then that spit, all that information was uh, operated through MIDI, mm-hmm. Music Instrument Digital Interface. I remember playing with that. And it would, uh, it would um, uh, activate various, you know, a whole bunch of great, what we would call now vintage synthesizers. And the audio from that would go on to 24-track, two-inch tape. So it required myself to write <laughs> it and play all the parts. Then... Um, uh, we have a uh, an engineer that recorded it, and then an engineer that mixed it. There was three. Such uh, a situation. Yes, and now that we revitalized it, and uh, which I find interesting to point out, we had a huge crew. Yeah, just for the music. Yes, 
just for the music. Right. We had we're not, not only musicians, but we have the engineers to record the musicians, and then I did all the mixing this time. I've, I've, I've been blessed to have really good engineers uh, guide me into the yeah. art of mixing. So I mixed it myself, mastering engineer. But there's so much music preparation. There's everything you can imagine to put a piece of music in front of a musician takes. Uh, people power. Yeah. You know, right. So, uh, in addition to this, I had a guest artist. I had two guest artists: the Dickies, punk mm-hmm. band Dickies, uh, from you know the days of punk. They are still vibrant in tour. Uh, they they were based here in Van Nuys. In the valley, that now this is the same generation as the Ramones. Yeah. So there's they played they played the theme song again yeah. on this for me, and and they're going to be at the event. They are playing live. Yes, special guests, the Dickies are special coming. Special guests, the Dickies with the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Right with on. the orchestra. So it's going to be and like to be like a little punk band from Van Nuys, and like you're like I'm going to play at the Montalban with an orchestra. Right. Can you imagine? It's about time. It's about time. It's about time. <laughs> they're they're just like parting down at the Viper Room, but nope, like we're right. We've got an orchestra. And, and I was there with the at the Viper Room the last time we were there, and it was it was really odd. They they are just I saw them back in the '80s mm-hmm. when they used to play around here, and they are ever just as ever energetic and together as they were back that's then. amazing it was, it's a lot of energy that's the whole thing about punk music it's got tons of energy yeah. to it so um what's interesting is that uh, uh leonard and i the the uh the leader of the dickies he's kind of concerned that the band's going to be too loud for the orchestra and i said well leonard isn't that just the way it is it's yes. just gonna have to be the way yeah well speaking of like collaborations then here you i also see bear mccreary who does yes. the music for everything like every yes. tv show yes. that exists yes just about he's i feel like he's like the only one right bear bear uh bear and i met at uh, of all things a cd signing mm-hmm. and uh we were sitting together, and that's where we kind of bonded. And I was like teasing him. I said to him, "I said, well, listen, you know, no one's going to want my CD, so uh, and then you're going to have a bunch of people wanting to sign your CD. But your hand, if your wrist gets tired, I can learn how to do your signature, and I can sign it for you. You know. So, anyways, yes. he, he actually thought that was funny. I, I didn't. So I, I've done that with other composers. They just don't. They look at me with a blank stare. But Bear has a great sense of humor. Yeah. So we both had a ton of people signing. I, he goes, you know, you're doing pretty good. Oh, thanks. You know, it's not so bad. Yeah. So anyways, we, we've been pals ever since. And he um, played accordion and hurdy-gurdy on two different What's a songs. hurdy-gurdy? Hurdy-gurdy is kind of, imagine like if you had a violin uh-huh. with a crank. Right, that instead of having a bow, you had this cylinder constantly yeah. blowing the strings, and you, you don't have to finger the strings. You have a keyboard that holds the strings down. That sounds down. incredibly complicated, but it's so fun, so Sony. fun, and it does other things besides that. It yeah. makes all kinds of great noises that you can use. Mm-hmm. Right, so we utilized all of that. Yeah, and so we, and so for you, those those of you that don't know, Bear McCreary. McCreary. Bear McCreary's done the music for... The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Battlestar Galactica, which is where I learned of him because I just loved that show so much. Yeah, Outlander, super popular, Black Sails, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. You've heard his music. Yeah, absolutely. So so when I told Bear, Bear, I'm redoing... I sent him an email. Usually... When I get an, even me, when I get an email, it takes me a while to like process who the hell's emailing because there's like tons of stuff that comes through. I emailed him. I go, Bear. I don't know if you'd be up to play on the next My Killer Clowns album, but if you like to, you know, you want to play accordion and yeah. pretty good. I'd love to have you. And it's like 
10 minutes later, he was like, yeah, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's so, so great. So that was a lot of fun. Cool. Okay, so then talk to me about, um, let's first <clears throat> talk about initially mm-hmm. composing this movie. So you yes. do, like your career has done, you've done all sorts of different types of music. Like uh, I found that you did The Wonderful World of Disney, which is something like, I hear that and I'm like, I know this song. Right, right. And we can like have this play in the background a little bit so you guys can recognize what this is. You, you know what this is. So you do this, you do stuff with like full orchestras, mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 80s sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah, why not? Which is amazing. Like, I'm just so fascinated that you did this. Yes. Which is like iconic to my childhood. But then this Killer Clowns from Outer Space, right. which is also iconic to my childhood right. nightmares. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a. Uh, let me see. Let me see. How can I compare it? Okay, uh, a poet, mm-hmm. uh, right? Um, let's take um, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. He has poetry that's outrightly gory and bloody, and yeah. then actually he has a. a, a, a uh, poetry that's that's beautiful and, and expressive. Uh, there's also another author, Ray Bradbury, yeah. who writes these mm-hmm. god awful, scary things about you. You know, you lose your skeleton and yeah. you become you just become a your skeleton leaves your body and you become a blob. You know, it's just like these horrific things. And then he writes a, a love story about two people <laughs> that their bond in life is um, acting like. Um, Laurel and Hardy. Yes. A, a, a man and a woman. And, and, and that's what their bond is. And I've seen him read that poetry and he's sitting there crying in tears. Same yeah. thing with the composer. You can, and I love that. You can write some, if you can write something beautiful, you can write something terrifying. Yes. It's, it's not much of a step because mm-hmm. it's part of an emotion. Right. I mean, if you, well, let me see. Who, who, who said this? He said, um, <clears throat> the people I study composition from says, you have, you have literally pointing me, you have to know who you are. If you're going to put music on paper for people to listen to, you want them to spend their time to listen to what you wrote. You've got to be you. You've got to know who you are. You know, you may be in an awful, terrifying mood. You should be able to express that. You uh, have joy in your life. You should be able to express that. And if you can't do that, you cannot be writing music, mm-hmm. period. So, and this is, of course, with a very heavy Hungarian accent. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, actually, excuse me, Bulgarian accent. Gotcha. Uh, 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 I studied with um, Henry Lazaroff. Yeah. So this this Disney tough. one, that one is, it's like a compilation of other Disney songs, and you yeah. like arranged it in this arranged really it. iconic way. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, you know, the the assignment was to uh, we want to bring people to Disneyland, even though they live thousands of miles mm-hmm. away. We want, you know, when they hear that, they know they're walking down Main Street, USA. Yeah. That's all they said. That's all they said. So, it captures it because, yeah. like, I hear that. I still hear that and I tear up because it was like, as a kid, I like, wanted so badly to go to Disneyland mm-hmm. and I didn't get to go until I was 15 years old. So, mm-hmm. like, hearing that and then when I got to go, I was like, <gasps> it's real. Yeah. It's and like it's magical. You, you can hear it and then smell the caramel co- popcorn. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all it about. It really is that magical. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So then uh, how did you transition from that? Like, what happened after that? Like, where was that in your spectrum of your career? Well, uh, it was about a... That was about eight months before Killer Comes from Outer Space. So they're within the same year. I had a feeling that they were like yeah. in the same time frame. Well, you can imagine. I, I I went to my grandmother, who I absolutely adore. She's one of the most important people in my life. Uh, she heard the wonderful world of Disney. She absolutely cried. She was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. She was, this is so beautiful because she had a, an Italian. She was from Italy, but she had an Italian Brooklyn accent. She had a very oh. very particular accent. <laughs> And I have I have recordings of her because every time I used to walk in the house, yeah, she wouldn't say hello to never said hello to me, but she would say, "John, can I make you some macaroni?" 
Oh my gosh. No one believed me until I, f I found a recording. Because one time I went in, I go, I want to record this. So I took a little, uh, a Walkman, mm. a cassette uh, recorder, and I recorded that. And I had it, I played it to my kids. I go, remember I told you that story? I go, here it is. There it is. Proof. Right, right. So anyways, I played it for my grandmother. She absolutely teared up. She says, Johnny, this is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, so it beautiful. It is beautiful. So eight months later, I'd bring her to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh -huh. And she said the same thing. This is so beautiful. What yeah. is this from? Because there's a scene where the, the kids go in the forest and mm -hmm. it's like they see the magical, what I thought was a magical spaceship. And so the music is like, you know, I thought, oh, this is the, this is the princess castle hidden, hidden in the forest. You yeah. Know? That's the music. That's where the motivation of the music comes for that little spot, right? And my mother goes, I love it. What's this called? Oh, it's, it's a movie, Grandma. Oh, what's it called? Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You go, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> why would you? Why would you do that? And so, so how did you get involved in that project? Uh, well, it's a phone call. Okay, you know, you were saying, say, how do you change from this to that? Here's how it changes: a phone call comes in. Yes, someone that you know, with anything in life, someone has a uh, <clears throat> a, a, a task. That has to be done to a part of a bigger picture, mm -hmm. right? And they call upon certain people. So, a friend of mine that I worked with, he he was in Washington D.C. at the time. His name is Eric Young. He's a, a producer also, and he teaches at, um, um, <clears throat> uh, oh gosh, I'm stalling here. A it's, school nearby? No, no, it's near yeah. Disneyland. It's um, What's the school near? Okay, so he teaches. Dodge College of, uh, of Media Arts at Chapman University. Okay. Okay, here we go. Chapman University. So um, he said, you know, I know some guys, uh, I used to work with them in D.C. They're in L.A. now. And they're doing some movie. You probably don't want to do it, but I told them they're looking for people. They want someone new because the people that they're being given, they're not liking. Mm -hmm. So you probably won't be interested, but maybe you want to give them a call. Okay, right. why would I not be interested? It's just weird. Well, tell me what it is. <laughs> I think it's called uh, Clowns from Outer Space. And I go, well, where's the phone number? Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't have the title. So I finally called, I, I called Stephen Kyoto, and I had to audition. And there was several people that auditioned for the movie, and uh, I was uh, I picked a scene that kind of like went through all the changes, took took the viewer. It kind of establishes the move, sets the tone for the movie. Yeah. You meet our main characters. You meet killer clowns. They chase them. You realize that this clown ship is actually transdimensional. It's like infinitely huge inside, even though it seems small yes. on the outside. And so you know they they uh, they escape, and then they uh, they march onto the town. So I got. I got score proper chase that can do all kinds of crazy things up and down, in and out, kind of like that wonderful world of Disney thing, making yeah. making change musical changes on a dime, and then, boom, my main theme: the killer clown march mm -hmm. as they march into town and take it over. Yeah. So I was gonna sing it, but you know, I don't want to. You don't want to sing it? Maybe sure. Norissa can find it. Killer sure. clown march. Sure. It's it's, it's got to be on on the internet. It's on. It's the whatever cut on here. I think it's like seven or eight. But it's like dum bum 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 That's it. That's the one. She found it. That's the classic one. Which Thanks, is fine. Marissa. Which is kind of like inspired by. The Beastie Boys. Yeah. Because I was, I was listening, the, uh, you, you're, you've got to fight for your right to party. Yep. Was around this time. Yep. So then when you're creating this, do you already have the scenes? Did they give oh, you the yeah, movie Oh, yeah, yeah. They give you a VHS cassette. Oh, okay. Which so was the movie's a luxury. cut. Huh? The, the movie was all entirely cut. Uh, Chris like Roth here. cut it. And when I saw the, when I saw it without any music... 
or uh, you know or anything the first cut of the it was absolutely terrifying yeah. and uh, the uh, well, especially watch it without any music the the picture editor <laughs> yeah, that, that the picture editor that the um the Kyoto brothers work with Chris Roth did an excellent job of taking all these events and putting them together where they were interesting where even without music the movie worked really well yeah so i thought this is the timing's already there cuz when a movie has its own internal timing mm-hmm. uh, with the cutting, with the story, with the concept and everything like that, it's, you know, it's a joy to be able to write music to that. Cause yeah. It's, it's giving you a cadence. The film's giving you a cadence to follow. Which is interesting because a, a few of the different composers that we've spoke to already on the show, they only get scenes or little tidbits of things and then they create themes per character right. that are utilized but we've talked to a lot of tv composers and that happens in game yeah. in gaming too mm-hmm. you know you get fragments that yes. you work with and um it's almost like working in commercials i, I did a, a lot of work in commercials mm-hmm. I, for a whole number of years i did ibm commercials yeah and it's like you don't really know what the end game is they say we need you to just stay within this field and do this and, and but then what's happening on this side so you, you don't need to know that yeah and so then when you you only see it like like on the super bowl or something like that you see it and you go oh my goodness oh, oh that's I, that what makes, they did with that, it. that's what they, that's, i see that's yeah what, it would have been nice to know but they just don't want that but in this case um they had a very the cameras had a very clear um direction for me they very much appreciated the the music of like King Kong, a lot of the classic horror movies mm-hmm. that were all big and orchestral, yeah, and were cl- classically oriented, but they don't want it to sound like an orchestra. Yes, we want our just like our cl- our story is different, the way we shot everything, everything is different. We want the music to be different too. So, don't even think of having real musicians play. It's got to be coming out of something that no one's ever heard of before. Yeah. So I went through, at the time I had a Yamaha DX7 and an Oberheim OX, <clears throat> OBX, excuse me. And I just sat there for days and days and days coming up with interesting sounds. that I, I like that sound. And that inspires mm-hmm. uh, a melody. Vangelis would say that some of his melodies were inspired by the sounds that he created with his synthesizer. Mm-hmm. So if it had a certain character to it, all of a sudden that inspired him to write something that yeah. was very specific to that sound. Now, so is it, is I, it, I had heard in another interview you did that you, you have to find your religion. Exactly. Yeah. There's a and that and that's always like a neat theory. Yeah. That that scene that I picked. I mm-hmm. go through the movie, go see it once, and I do this little trick mm-hmm. that you can you can actually do with a with a with a with a MPEG. I watch the movie at high speed, mm-hmm. backwards and forwards, like maybe two or three times. VHS. It used to you know a two an hour and a half movie probably takes you you know, 15, 20 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's basically a half hour, and somehow, I don't know how it is, but you have to concentrate. It's a very zen thing. You have to sit there and look at it and not think of something else, not answer the phone. You got to meditate to it. You have to just okay. look at the, all the events, and you get all the chain of events back and forth, back and forth, and all of a sudden, you, uh, I picked my scene of where I wanted to audition. Yes. And that's where I got my religion. I said, in here... I, I know what to do in here. Yeah, so this explain is, to our, our listeners, if they haven't heard your other interview, what is this finding your religion? Oh, well, it's remember I told you the composition teacher told me, he says, you know, if you can't express yourself, mm-hmm. why are you writing down music? Like, yeah. like an author isn't just going to write down a bunch of words. Right. They have something to say. So in that scene, I felt the movie is communicating to me. 
Yeah, and I think I this is like super applicable stuff to all of our filmmakers. Who are, whether you're a right. writer, you're mm-hmm. director of photography, you're di- director, any of those parts, I think mm-hmm. this is applicable. So continue. So, so uh, I, I felt, I go, this is where I can speak. This is where I can, I can show the joy. Oh, hey, they found a circus tent in the middle of the forest. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I don't know where that uh, comet landed, but here's a circus tent. Let's go check this out. Yeah. And then it's weird. And then they go in further, and there's a, a giant, some kind of weird reactor in the middle that goes down forever and up forever. He says, oh, I don't think this is a spaceship anymore. Now we're terrified. But there's wonderment in there. Also, see what I mean? All the yeah. there's, there's up and down with the emotions. So then they come out of that and they sneak around and they see cotton candy cocoons. Oh my gosh! Maybe this is where they make. Maybe this is clowns are us. This is where they make the cotton candy. They're adult kids. Wouldn't they know that there's a cotton candy factory in their town? But not. No. But no. We're, this is <laughs> we're not, in the eighties. This is not, we're in the eighties, and that's not what the script said. The work order says they don't know what the heck it is. So they have. So they're in a cotton candy cocoon. And then they realize, oh my God, there's someone in this cotton candy cocoon. This is ter- that's one of our friends. They make noise. They get chased out. They get they get shot at by popcorn balloons. There's, so there's a, now there's a chase. And if that isn't bad enough, the clowns come outside and they say, how are we going to chase these humans through the forest? I know what we'll do. We'll fold up a balloon dog and the balloon dog will sniff them out. What a right? bizarre movie! Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, when you think of the Im- imagination of the the, the series of events yes and well i know how this happens is with the Kyoto brothers yeah you know when i've i've been in creative environments with them when they're all talking at the same time and they're coming up with that and all of a sudden bam they're on a they're on a course yes. of what to do you know gotcha. so i could just imagine when they came up with this so in getting the religion i said this everything that's this movie's about is kind of happening in this scene so it's, yeah. a, it's about almost three minutes long. So that's that's so when I say get, get religion, I go I I can I can run with this scene. I uh, this scene in me and my uh, and my creativity <clears throat> can say something. Yes. So that's where basically I guess the religion. And this comes is the in. scene that they're discovering the the spaceship. The, yeah, that's yeah, in the spaceship, and they get chased out, and they mm-hmm. get shot with the cotton, cotton yeah. candy. Right. Yeah, I had pulled another scene for us to watch uh, that was in the bathroom where we uh-huh. get to see some of the puppets that you said you were going to bring me one. I was going to bring you one, but and you know you what? There's you very there. No, no, I didn't get scared. There are very few of them. They're very fragile. Oh, oh, I see. And I've been entrusted with them. Gotcha. Okay, well, let's so, check out this scene so you can hear some of John's music. Coming up to a transition scene here. Debbie, Debbie, it's Mike. Open up. Mike? Oh my gosh, Debbie. Debbie. 
It's not Debbie. Sound <laughs> it's just a, a girl suspended in a balloon. They just did. stuck they're in a balloon. They're saving her for later. Save her for later. Yes. Keep, yeah. her, keep her fresh. Keep her fresh. Definitely. Yes. Awesome. So what was really fun that you guys didn't get to witness here is that while this clip was playing, John is like, boom, boom, ba-da-da-da. It was amazing. It was like, this is where the show is. And this is why you should definitely check out the live to film concert this weekend. If you guys are in L.A., is it going to be live streaming anywhere? You know what? There are going to be people with their cell phones and iPads, yeah. and I'm sure someone is someone going to do it. something. I, I legally can't do it with the union. Mm-hmm. I am allowed to shoot it professionally. Okay. And after it's all edited together, I, I, I have a license from MGM. Okay. Metro Golden Mayor has given me a license to perform this concert. Mm-hmm. Not to show the film, but to do this concert. It comes with all kinds of... All sorts of hoopty too. However, however, they did. They were nice enough. I said, "Can you please allow me to shoot it, cover it?" I'm gonna, there's going to be a combination of people with the cell phones, the professional cameras, Gonzo stuff, all kinds of things. A little bit of behind the scenes or what have you. I don't know what we're going to, but I want to put it together and create something else for the fans. Another mm-hmm. another asset, so yes. to speak, is what we call it. Yes, and, and, and like so, this project they I said think, that you can do that. Okay, good. After they approve it, after because they got to look at it. They got to look at it. They got to look and at then it. pick it apart. Well, you guys can uh, if you find me on Instagram, I'll definitely put it in my story, and you guys will get to see some of this happening live. So I want to know about. Uh, so you, you composed this movie in the eighties. Now you're doing this live to film mm-hmm. orchestra thing. Right. What is different? Like, is a it's the reimagined version? Yes. Is what's being played? Yes. How is it different? Well, like I said before, the music itself mm-hmm. is very classical, and if you can see here, yeah, which is awesome. You brought this like concert prep. It's like all of your sheet music. This is this this is a portion of it, and what, the music is being played by an orchestra, and it's so interesting because the. Uh, the second keyboard player called mm-hmm. me and says, do you want to give me all those great patches used in the 80s? I go, of course not. Why? Yeah. Well, aren't we going to? No, we're not recreating the synthesizer score. We're we're playing it with an orchestra. The only thing you're going to be playing is what's uh, the other keyboard in this that's very important is like a big demi- d- demonic calliope, uh-huh. which is basically a combination of a cathedral organ and a, and a gnarly Hammond B3 rock organ. Right, so that's what he's going to be playing primarily, and so every once in a while he'll play like a, a voice sample or something like that. But all the sounds are that were played with, uh, were played with synthesizers are now played. See with all the notes here. Yeah, they're all played with like. The, here's the woodwinds. Here's the brass. How here's many the pieces percussion. in your orchestra? This particular orchestra is going to be a chamber orchestra. It's like mm-hmm. 35 people. Okay. Uh, we did do a version with a very large orchestra, at Warner Brothers, a couple of years ago, just mm-hmm. to like proof of concept here it is bam yeah and uh that was a lot of fun we did one one piece of music right for that but um we uh, so 
again, what is this about? This is not, not believe it or not, it's not about the music. It's about the fans right. that have inspired this movie and kept it alive for 30 years. Right. So you said that you just now mentioned you did a piece live, mm-hmm. proof of concept, mm-hmm. for this is like one step towards a much bigger right. plan right. with this. So you said in the past five years you've discovered the fandom. And I think with people who are, yes. are filmmakers, you need to... Attached to your fandom, especially since the the internet being a thing, Mm -hmm. people can attach to things. Right. And they find a community in the things that they like. Yes. So even something like like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you know, people will band together. They create their fan art. Mm -hmm. They dress up like cons, like a cosplay is huge. I was at the uh, I was at my the theater in front of that big mural that we that the Kyoto Brothers. Created. Yeah, you have it. It's it's in the secret box. Right, it's yeah. in the secret box, yeah, but it's not a secret it. anymore. It's not a secret anymore. I, I we're was show it. I was there with the Hollywood Ghostbusters. So, in keeping with your observation that people, when they find a movie, they create clubs and communities. Uh, that's what they did. Definitely on Instagram. There's tons of pictures. People have been going by taking pictures of it. Right. So, but this mural is up in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, ten feet by nine feet. And that was made by the, the filmmakers. The filmmakers. I, I said I have I have this vision of the invasion of Hollywood. Killer clowns have landed. You know, at the Montauban, and you know, I want the orchestra on the roof, and and then all of a sudden they went crazy. Okay, the orchestra has been shot with uh, cotton candy, so they're all yes. in cocoons. Their instruments are on the floor, and they've been captured. I go, perfect. That's it's wonderful. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so then this this is your project. This is your mm-hmm. like you're driving this thing. Uh, right. So you've got. You had your little proof of concept one where you did one song. Now mm-hmm. you've got this whole live to film orchestra thing. Right. You're saying like you were with the Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, there was the like you were saying. There's communities yeah. that, that form. I am a Ghostbuster. No I kidding. have a full Ghostbuster costume. I was. If you look on my Instagram, you'll see me with the whole thing, and I'm holding yeah. it properly, like mm-hmm. I would have like a uh, an actual active uh, uh, weapon. And um, they, I was an honorary uh, Ghostbuster for a while. But the Hollywood Ghostbusters, and and, and they do parties. Mm-hmm. They do charitable work. They go to hospitals and visit people. They yeah. have the full gear, and they have all the characters. There's like someone that does the Annie Potts thing, you know, with the yeah. big round glasses. And there's each character that's in the movie is you know represented by by the uh, members of the club. And you're seeing that with the community. You're seeing there's a community of killer clowns yes. fans. Yes, there there. As a matter of fact, at this concert, there's going to be lots of people. There's one guy who says, "Can I bring all my masks?" Yes. Of course you can. I don't know where you're going to put them, yeah. but if if you you got masks and stuff that you want to bring. That's that's fine. We we encourage that. Right on. And and there's uh, people that are like they represent all different kind of clown characters. You know, I didn't know that all the clowns in my movie had names. There's like Rudy, Shorty, Killer, uh, you know, Osbo, you know, all these like I never knew know right. about. It, and quite frankly, neither did the Killer Brothers. Yeah, but the, the fandom will will break it apart and find. They'll the details. Find, yeah, and, and so so in in their uh, affection, they've they've named their favorite characters, mm-hmm. and in, in the script it says clown one or the tall clown yeah. or the, you know the Godzilla clown, you know. So that's uh, you know a, a wonderful uh, uh, 
birth that's yeah. happened over the years. So then what is your next step for this? What do you see is the next thing, the next well, growth of it? Yes. The, well, it, this is a concept of mm-hmm. a uh, something bigger where, where we have something like an old, almost like the Renaissance Festival mm-hmm. or like the Playboy Jazz Festival where we, have a, we combine uh, the music from our favorite genre movies mm-hmm. with a festival where people all day during the day can be in costumes they it, uh, the, you know they they can buy sell trade uh, all their their favorite uh, paraphernalia from uh, from whatever movie and during the day there is, are is music played like in concert not not mm-hmm. with picture and then at night we'll have a beautiful presentation of whatever fill in the blank favorite film that right. everyone's voted to see that night played with a band played with an orchestra or what have you. Mm-hmm. I mean, giving I, a true experience. Yes, and that's you're like one step away from a theme park. Yes, just about, mm-hmm. just about, except it moves around. Right, uh, but no, it's like like a three day event that people look for and come to, kind of like a Grateful Dead concert. Yeah, you know where it's like in a in a large venue, people can relax them. One thing I notice when people get in their comfort zone with whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, cosplay, thing is. whatever their cosplay is, they become they they. Re- I think they really get in touch with themselves, and yeah. they feel they're 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 true selves. They feel comfortable. They're very happy, and uh, and you know, people don't get uh, people don't get uh, uh, compliments often. Yeah, and sometimes people come. Hey, I like your outfit. You put work into that. I see it. Yeah. You did a good job. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that because I am of your tribe. And it, perfe- and it and it perpetuates. Yes, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think that's really great. Cool. Yeah. So let's check out the trailer. Oh, there's me as a Ghostbuster. Look, nah. I, I got like a custom name patch and everything. That is, t- I love the glasses too. Thank you. Yeah, because you know, like you got to be able to see at night. This is my night vision goggles. That's awesome. <laughs> so we'll check out the trailer for your event uh, this weekend at the Montalban Theater. Right here. On May 19, 2018, a catastrophic calamity of cosmological proportions is due to arrive here on planet Earth. Killer clowns from outer space. Holy shit. <laughs> but don't fear, there's shelter and safety from these diabolical bozos at Hollywood's glorious Montalban Theater in glamorous Hollywood, California. What the goddamn to do? And for the first time ever, experience the film with a live orchestral score by the Hollywood Chamber Orchestra, conducted by the magnificently melodious maestro, John Massari. But wait, there's more. Uh How about a special guest appearance by those prestigious punk rock pioneers, the Dickies? So, if you've ever wondered why the population's going down, blame it on the lights of the killer clowns from outer space. Coming May 19th at the Montalban Theater. Tickets available for purchase online, whatever that is. <laughs> so fun. What a fun trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, is that your concept? Well, that's, uh, well, actually, it's it was my idea, mm-hmm. and then I gave it to... Um, Zoran Vorjek of Low Carb Comedy. Mm-hmm. If you check out his YouTube channel, he does awesome uh, send-ups and parodies of movies. And he does all kinds of crazy voices. He edited You know, I just told him, here's the footage and here's the basic 
idea. I wanted to make it look like a like a 1940s newsreel yeah. and have it break into you know modern day. And you're kind of clueless as to what you know the oh, that, that was his uh, tagline. It says you can buy it on whatever that is. You know yes, because, because it's so old. He's from the past. Yeah. You know? So uh, I that, got that. That was so that funny. was that was Zoran's entire. You know he wrote the script and everything. Awesome. Know, just, so are there still tickets available? Uh, actually, there are there's like 90 seats available. Okay. There's like they're in the they're in the balcony, but the 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 way that the Montalban is configured, every seat is really a good seat. I've been in seats where I've been at the very back, and you're like right on top of the stage. It's great. Everything's there. You won't. It, it's you will not be lacking in volume. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, good. So then, make sure you guys uh, check that out if you want to see this. Go and get you some tickets. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, some of your other projects that you've done. So I know yes. that you've you've done commercials. You did the Wonderful World of Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also found uh, which I wanted to connect this to the fact that I'm going to try to get my sister to come to mm-hmm. this this live to film Killer Clowns event. Mm-hmm. But I know she's going to be terrified. Right. But if I say there's a guy who worked on Lady Gaga mm-hmm. song. Right. Maybe she'll just be like, oh, okay, because she loves Lady Gaga. So tell me about Bad that. Roman- Bad yeah, Romance. Yeah, you worked on Bad Romance. What did yeah. you do for that? Well, um, I got the call to work on her video. I did something that I don't normally do, mm-hmm. but they wanted someone musical mm-hmm. that can do sound design for her. There were certain things that had to happen sonically yeah. that no one seemed they were having problems zoning in on. Yeah. So it, and I had just it was way back when I think it was like the first year of Twitter. Yeah, and nine I, years ago plus yeah. more than that. I, yeah. well, I just found out today. My Twitter told me I've been on Twitter for nine years, and I was like, oh my gosh. Right, and <laughs> uh, it was the first thing I tweeted because I got a thank you note. From her, from Lady Gaga, yeah, a thank I, you note or thank a, you tweet, a thank you tweet uh-huh. from her, and I, and I and I said something like Lady Gaga uh, uh, tweeted me, and I have no reason, I have no clue why she did, but she actually heard it and she liked what I de- did. Okay, it's simple stuff. Yeah, but it, it there are so many layers to everything. Yeah, and sometimes when like one layer is missing, it bothers people. Yeah. And so that thing has to be taken care of. It has to be taken care of now, and it has to be done right. We can't, like, let this slough off. No. And so luckily I knew what it is, what it was exactly. They were, you know. I, now, can I go to can I go to her her house and make a sandwich? No. <laughs> I can't. People somehow think I'm friends with her. That's you like know. the same thing you said about this photo. So, you, so John Although handed I would me this love photo. To, she has such a gorgeous voice. I would love to do some kind of classical thing like um, uh, Clementi, uh, like Italian uh, uh, chamber music. Yeah. With oh, her I singing. bet she would love that. She, that she girl can, can actually sing. do it. Yeah, no, she can. Uh, she can definitely pull it out. And she has a. And she's a got great, her Italian pride. Yeah, and she has a, a great contralto voice, which is perfect. For, yes. Uh, there's a composer named Clementi that wrote a lot for the contralto voice. Yes. So. Well, let's put this out there, Lady Gaga. John wants to work with you again. You can you can tell that one too. There, see, he's, he's, work with him again. We want to hear some Lady Gaga and John yeah. Masari collaboration again. Right. Uh, but you saying you're like you can't go to her house and make a, a sandwich. sandwich. I can't go to her house and say you know say hey I'm, I'm just in the neighborhood. I'm hungry. Can I make a sandwich? No, it's not, it's not. <laughs> so when when John came in here, he brought all these different goodies mm-hmm. here, and then there was this one photo that he brought up that is him and Frank Sinatra. He's like, well, I can't go and make spaghetti. I'm not going to go out and get spaghetti with him. Right, right. But I, so give us a quick overview of what what happened here. Well, at UCLA, he financed a a music awards um, uh, uh, 
program mm -hmm. where if you showed certain promise, you got uh, to do a concert. Uh, there was like <clears throat> there was for composer. There was for um, male and female vocalist, male and female uh, instrumentalist. Mm -hmm. So it was like five or six people, five or six awards that, that you would get. And I got the one for composing. Nice. So um, I got uh, they give you some cash money, and you get to hang out with Frank Sinatra. You get to hang out with his people mm -hmm. for the uh, part of the evening, and you get a a photo. A photo <laughs> and. Part of that deal is you were not only supposed to get a photo with Frank Sinatra, but you were supposed to get a photo by yourself that would be your headshot. And I never got my headshot because every I went on last, and I, my Italian used to be a little better than it was now, and Frank and I were speaking Italian a little bit. It was a lot of fun. And uh, he, he wanted to know if I wanted an autograph, and I said, no, I want one for my sister. So, I, so he thought that was really nice. And the the media, I think it was Variety and Hollywood Reporter, were constantly barking questions at him. So it's like, I just figured I'll just stay here. And they snap. There's, this is like one of like 40 pictures. Yeah. And this is the this is the one that I like the best. Yes. Because he looks good in all 40 pictures, and I look good in only this one. Right. No, because <laughs> it's, like, it's Frank Sinatra, but he, here we go. That's he a, just knows a how Frank to work Sinatra approved Yes, he, he knows he, here. He knew how to rank, work that camera. Yeah. Very, uh, you know, and, and, and if you're not familiar with Frank Sinatra's music, it's ton of it's on YouTube, ton of rehearsal sessions uh, at, at, during recording sessions. And it's amazing for anyone who's really serious in, in recording music in the studio live, watch these uh, rehearsals and uh, recording sessions and you s just see like the, t the the best people of their day playing still to this day it holds up the way they work it out the way they get yeah. back in the groove the way they uh, hold on I need to take that we need to do that over again <clears throat> I've got a car stuck in my throat you know yeah. that kind of thing um, you know it's really uh, amazing I, I had that experience with Frank Zappa I got mm -hmm. to hang out with him for an entire 12 hours during, wow. during a, uh, an editing session of one of his videos and I really got you when you see someone it's like being on the field of a baseball you know you play little league baseball and then you sit on third baseline and watch professionals play, and it's like a different world. Yeah. So you, you see, okay, I get it. I get where they there's – there's a level of commitment and competence that it, it's way above what you yes. would expect. Yes, and this is something that I suggest to our filmmakers all the time when we have a, like aspiring filmmakers or young filmmakers who are like, what do I do? What do I do? Mm -hmm. I suggest going and being an extra and mm -hmm. watching what people do. I did that for like two years straight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I, I came to L.A. wanting to be an actress. And then I was like, no, I want to learn more about how everything works. Yeah. And I would go on set and I was like, what is this thing? <laughs> and they're like, you know, most people were really kind because I was I knew when to stay out of the way. Mm -hmm. But like if it was kind of a downtime, I could like kind of like wander over and be like very kindly, like, sorry to bother you. What is this? Right. And right. then they're like happy to tell me because like when is some like girl who's dressed like a college kid or high school kid like. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this. Right. You know, they're just like, where's my voucher? Well, see, I, for me, I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, because I grew up when I would, like, go into a music store and I saw a vibraphone. And mm -hmm. I, I thought it was something that came from heaven. And I just wanted to, like, make a sound with it. Get away from that thing. That cost $1,800, you know. Where me, I'm in the, someone blinks, like, oh, you want to try this? Here, here, let me set it up for you. There. So much go fun. Have your, have your time at it. You know, it's always great to find someone who who has that curiosity yeah that you you know that little moment that you let them show oh yeah what this is, this is an audio compressor it does this and that and the other thing it's kind of like this and and it takes a few seconds yeah you know and it's not like you're 
you know, you're trying to interrupt them, mm-hmm. you know. And trust me, people that are really uh, uh, comfortable in their home own skin they don't mind if you ask a question yeah and, and i found yeah. i don't think there was ever a moment where somebody was like shoe fly mm-hmm. you know they were just they seemed happy to give me the information right. the same way i am happy to give people information now mm-hmm. which is like the whole inception of this show was like how can we get more information out to people who are curious right yeah right. so it's good right. so on that note can you tell me any advice that you have for creatives out there whether they want to be composers or they're in in other art forms mm-hmm. what can they do outside of like observing people mm-hmm. and you know watching a lot of things of the things that they're interested in like watching a lot of films listening to a lot mm-hmm. of music what kind of advice do you have well i i i, I <clears throat> let me see i can tell you the signs to look for if you don't need an alarm clock to wake you up in the morning because you want to do your thing even though you're not getting paid for it yeah but but you would like to do it that's a good sign that yeah. that you that that tell it's telling your soul that you are on to something. Uh, I don't think, I, rarely have I put an alarm clock. I mean, when I was at UCLA, I remember I had to study for an anthropology test. And I sent, I, <laughs> I set up four different alarm clocks, electric alarm clocks. They all went off at the same time. And I would have to go to different parts of my dorm room to turn them off. I figured by then I'll wake up, right? Well, what I did is I, I must have woken up and just pulled the cord that had all the, the, the alarm clocks on it and went to sleep. So definitely... Anthropology was not my thing, yes. right? But when I had to get ready for um, a performance, a recital, or I was going to, I had a great musical idea that I knew I was going to like work on, I would get myself up. So that's, that's one thing that you, uh, that, that's going to give you, that's like the, uh, that, that's going to, that's a sign that, you know, you're on the, on the right thing, yeah. uh, on the right thing, that you, 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 you are that inspired. Uh, I would say um, success leaves clues. This is an old saying. Ooh, okay. This so, is juicy. Okay. Success leaves clues. There's a reason. Anyone that you admire what they do, there's a reason why that particular person was successful. There are things, So it's, it, it, it behooves you to know as much about that person as possible. Like, where did they come from? Like, why did they start doing it? What made? What was their first project? What was their first failure? What was their first? Are they still doing the same thing? How is it different than the past? And trying to copy it is is really tough. Mm-hmm. But you do pick up something from it. It's like well, like I learned about Frank Sinatra, his history. Like Frank Zappa, I very much admire him as a not just as a composer, but as a person. Uh, the way he is, the way he, he his convictions and and, and the his seriousness about what he does and you 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 learn like i said success leaves clues you know you can't uh, uh, imitate them you know well i'm going to go to the same high school frank zappa went to that's that's first off that's not going to do it right no but you will discover from um uh, uh learning about biographies there's tons of biographies about everyone you will you will learn kind of like through osmosis, mm-hmm. you know, and it will help inspire you subconsciously. You won't even know it, you know, because let's face it. When I got the call for Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I can't tell you how many people told me, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, and it was like it was it was touching to me because it's the last 
piece of music my grandmother heard before she passed away. Mm -hmm. But she she said it was beautiful. She just didn't like the title. Right. I didn't show her the movie. Mm -hmm. She just played. I just played her the music, and that's all that was important to me. That, that she liked the music. Thought it was beautiful. Like your work. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there were people that said, that is the craziest thing. I go, no, it isn't. Look at Tim Burton. He's doing um, uh, Beetlejuice. That's yeah. bizarre, wacko stuff. Yes, but it's Tim Burton. Okay, it's Tim Burton, yes, and it, but it's bizarre, wacky stuff. Mm -hmm. This is bizarre and wacky and in, inventive and creative. You just can't see it yet. And that's yeah. what I told them. And now, after all these years, or generations, grandparents are showing their grandchildren for crying yes, out loud. Yes, let's watch this movie to, together. It's, it's like America's comfort food. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there have been people that on Instagram that say, it's been a tough week. This is what I'm watching on a Friday yeah. night you uh -huh. know, and, uh, with, with, with a bowl of macaroni and cheese. Yeah, and you that's know. where like you, you have to go out there and create your art because it's going to, it's going to heal people in a way you might not even realize. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, you, you, you're true. You, because if you really put yourself into something, it's going to communicate people in a certain way. The Kyoto Brothers can tell you basically the same thing. They've had influences in their lives. There were people that they admired. And they knew as three, three of them, three brothers knew together wanted to do one thing. That's mm -hmm. very rare, too. That's rare. Three yeah. people are like collectively yeah. and they're brothers yes let's do this and and, and i'm sure they have their dynamics yeah and, and you know god bless them but you know when they work together and they come up with the idea they know that they're going to come up to a consensus and they're going to have a, a a result of whatever that in this in this case it's killer clowns from outer space how fantastic and i think that's awesome advice and there's a, if you guys listen to the listen to the interview there's lots of nuggets of advice sprinkled throughout there that were not so like highlighted but mm -hmm. they're definitely in there that I was like ooh that's a good one too especially the one time I was pointing to yes <laughs> I wasn't pointing at you you're I pointing was, at like life hey, I was well, I was uh, imitating uh, the the, the uh, professor the teacher I should say that was pointing at me actually we had no he considered himself a master oh so, uh, being your master is what he said <gasps> because it's like not master is like you're my slave uh -huh. but he is a master composer and there's yes. the master and the pupil yes. kind of thing it was almost like it's he, like an apprentice life exactly yeah. he was like this master swordsman and I'm learning to be a great swordsman yes. also because he was very very old school yeah. I mean he used to get commissions to actually write a, a cello concerto for yes. the Boston Symphony or something like that so uh, which you know it's kind of rare these days so yeah. All right. So, so find yourself a master. Uh, a mentor. Um, find very, yourself very a mentor. Important. Very mm -hmm. important. I had uh, several. Ray Bradbury was one. Jerry Fielding, the composer David Rose, that did a Little House in the Prairie. Uh, Mark Snow, mm -hmm. who did The X-Files. Early on when he was doing a TV series called Heart to Heart, I learned so much from him. Yeah. Such an incredibly talented uh, person, uh, composer. What and kind of tips do you have for somebody to go about finding a mentor? <laughs> you just ask. Yeah. You ask, mm -hmm. and um, you know you, you, you don't ask in the form of a job. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's like for me, it's there are some, there are composers that I mentor, and um, some of them I've discovered by accident. And I said, I like what you're doing. Would you like to help me on something? And yeah. I give them, you know, little by little trust. And it, you 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 have to build trust with the person that you're being mentored by. And um, but it's ask. It's very as simple as asking. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to ask. But you wanna you wanna get to yourself to a level of competence where you know when you show someone, they're gonna go, oh yeah, okay. 
I see what you're doing. I see, you know what I'm saying? Is that that's what happened to me? Because yeah. I got to a certain point that the the one of the people I was studying from says you're at a point that you could get a you can get a phone call returned by one of these guys. Yeah. So um, that takes some time. So you have to like work on what you do. You have to be as good as you possibly can be, think you can. And there's always something new that you can learn. Yeah. I'm, to this day, I'm learning, and everyone. John Williams, the dean of American film music, a master composer, still says, I'm still learning something every day. Definitely. You're always, always learning. Awesome. Really fantastic advice and fantastic interview. You guys, make sure you check out Killer Clowns from Outer Space this weekend at the Montalban Theater. We got screens everywhere with all of them. Uh, Top three points that I got from you today, John, was work on your stuff. Get better. Always get better. Seek out a mentor Mm -hmm. and try something that other people think is wacky. Because 30 years later... (laughs) That you love to do. That you loved. Yeah. Yeah, like do things that speak to you. Right. Why not try them out? Right. Awesome. All right, where can people find you on uh, social media? Well, basically, all you have to do is Google John Massari. J-O-H-N, M like Michael, A-S-S-A-R-I, and... All kinds of information will unfold in front of you. There's there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's Instagram. Yeah, perfect. And that's like basically my outro is uh, I'm Mary Lou Mandel. You can find me all over the internet at Mary Lou Mandel, and we'll see you next time on On the Fly Filmmaking. Thank you so much. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.